We are now in low-income neighborhoods, low-resource neighborhoods, helping folks take care of the animals that they love in their homes. There's just a lot happening here. It's not only happening in our building here on LaSalle and Grand, but it's happening now out in the community almost every single day. Welcome to the Heartwork Network, a conscious, caring community network. I'm your host, Amanda, and this space was created to bring together local non-for-profits and future volunteers. Thanks for tuning in and hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back, Heartwork listeners. Today's guest is Tracy Elliott, president of the Anti-Cruelty Society here in Chicago. I'm super excited to have them on because I myself am a huge animal lover, and I know there are a lot of listeners out there wanting to know new ways to get involved with the animal community. So with that, Tracy, thank you so much for being on today's show. Thank you, Amanda. It's an honor to be here. Absolutely. Tracy, I always like to start the show with getting to know a little bit of background about our guests. Would you be able to share your journey, what led you into the nonprofit sector, as well as where you get your heart from and what brought you to the Anti-Cruelty Society? Sure. Well, both the reason I'm in the not-for-profit sector and the reason I'm in the animal feel of that sector really results from from my family. I came from a family with a very strong uh, service ethic. You know, earlier generations that was done in a very sort of quiet way through church, through community. My father and mother both are kind of superstar volunteers. My father was a public servant, um, elected official in a very small town, and I think both my sisters and I talk about this quite a bit, just watching them, watching my grandparents, growing up in a small community where service was very important, really shaped that service ethic. So even when I wasn't in the not-for-profit sector, I spent 13 years in the private sector, the goal was always to get to where I am, which is to lead what I call heart organizations, just like you talk about the heart work network. Well, these are enterprises of the heart, and it's what I always wanted to do. And then in terms of animals, I go back to the same thing. My family was a little bit animal crazy. We not only had at least two dogs at one time and a cat, but my father's an outdoorsman. So we had frogs and we had baby ducks and quail and rabbits and just all kinds of animals coming in. Uh, My mother would be happy to tell you about that. She wasn't always happy about having all those animals in our home. (laughs) But just grew up loving animals, even though... I've only been in the animal welfare field for about four years now, but and it's such a privilege to be doing this, but I've always loved animals. I've always had dogs. I would have cats, but I'm allergic. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it really harkens back to the ethic that my family instilled in me. And what a beautiful gift they gave you. And yes. so I have to ask, how many animals do you have now? I only have two. The most I've ever had were three dogs. It's kind of hard to find rental housing with three dogs. I had three dogs when I moved to Asheville to begin my animal welfare career as executive director of the Asheville Humane Society. And uh, it's kind of tough to find a place that would take three dogs. But I finally did, thanks to a board member helping me. And then sadly, two of the animals that I came to Asheville with passed away. And then I acquired a grumpy little chihuahua from Asheville. His name is Denver. I have a rescue from Atlanta named Ricky and me. So that's my little family. So I've got two. I'm about to move into an apartment that has a two animal limit. So I will not be adding to the family, sadly. 
Well, I love that. Sounds like a lot of fun. So thank you so much for sharing a little bit about your journey. That was very beautiful. So let's just get right into the Anti-Cruelty Society's mission and a little bit about its history and the outreach that they offer. Well, uh, Amanda, I've been here for, I think this is my fifth week, so there's still a lot that I am learning, but what I have found here is uh, really quite remarkable. First of all, we celebrated our 120th birthday on March the, the 7th. Oh, congratulations. Isn't that remarkable? So yes, it is. 120 years ago, a woman by the name of Rose Faye Thomas and a group of her friends who were very public-oriented and cared about animals and also children founded this organization. So think back to 1899, what obstacles were in the way of women founding anything, right? They couldn't yeah. sign contracts. I'm assuming their husband had to sign the contracts for them, they couldn't get bank loans, things like that. But that didn't stop them. So it's extremely unusual for any institution in our country to be 120 years old, much less a not-for-profit organization, much less an animal welfare organization. So we've got that amazing history. The other thing that impresses me so much is the comprehensiveness of the services. We are an animal shelter. We are an open-door shelter. We take any animal that anybody brings us for any reason. We do not close the door on any anything or anybody, but we're also a comprehensive low-income vet hospital. We provide veterinary services for folks at the lower income scales. We are a full spay-neuter clinic, so we offer low-cost spay-neuter services to anyone. We have uh, an investigative unit that investigates reports of abuse and neglect and will actually rescue those animals. We have a huge community education program that is in schools at every level from primary school up through high school and is interacting with children to teach them how to successfully live with animals and to, to have compassion for animals and to care for animals. We are also, and this is a newer aspect of our entire field all across the country, we are now in low-income neighborhoods, low-resource neighborhoods, helping folks take care of the animals that they love in their homes. So. There's just a lot happening here, and it's not only happening in our building here on LaSalle and Grand, but it's happening now out in the community almost every single day. That's an extreme outreach. I didn't know that you guys had done all of those beautiful things, and what a gift to be able to bring a pet and make that accessible to everybody. So thank you so much for your service. Yes. Well, I'm, uh, I'm excited to just be part of it and to to try to expand our imprint in the community. That's gonna be sort of my my mission while I'm here. Well, and good luck with that mission. I feel like you'll do a wonderful job. I can, I can hear the passion behind it. Let's just get right into the nitty gritty then. I know that you have a lot of fundraisers and donation drives, and I can't wait to hear you talk a little bit about the animal wish list. And the obvious way is to support the Anti-Cruelty Society is to go to your location there downtown and play with the animals and possibly leave home with a new four-legged friend. But what are some other ways that our listeners can get involved? Well, what we really are looking for is engagement of, of members of our community, and that depends upon you know what you wish to give. Uh, obviously, we need money because it takes a lot to do all that we're doing, and there are many, many ways to give, and I'd like to talk a little bit more about those, but also volunteer. We have people donate 53,000 hours of, uh, a year of volunteer time. Not only does that sound like a lot, it is a lot. If you put that in economic terms, if we were to 
pay for 53,000 hours of additional staff time at just our lowest wages, it'd be over a million dollars. We would have to raise and pay an additional million dollars, about 40 full-time staff members to replace our volunteers. But we don't want to do that. It's a phenomenal thing to have people come in and give of themselves. And there are volunteers, this is the thing that I think has astounded me most. There are volunteers that have been volunteering on a regular basis here for a quarter of a century. I met a gentleman recently that has been volunteering here for 26 years. Nobody stays with anything for 26 years. Right. <laughs> uh, and I've met just literally tens, dozens of people who have been here 20, 15, 10 years, and they're so proud to tell me um, about their journeys, and they're so proud to tell me how much progress the organization has made in their time here, and that they feel a personal stake in that progress. And of course, they do have a stake in that progress. We couldn't have done it without them, and we couldn't we couldn't open our doors every day without volunteers. And you can volunteer for an hour a week, or you can volunteer for 10 hours a week, or an hour a month. I mean, our volunteer program is very flexible and allows people to give whatever they can give. And you can do animal work, but you can also do office work. You can do you know, just a variety of different things that uh, volunteers can help us to accomplish. For instance, we were two weeks ago on Saturday, we were in East Garfield Park doing a pet wellness fair at the police headquarters there. I think it's District 11. We were working with the community policing uh, unit and they opened up their doors. We had uh, over 150 people show up with animals to get services. Well, two of the vets were volunteers. We had four vets there. So two of them were volunteers. Almost the entire staffing of the event was, were volunteers. You know, if you want to be out in the neighborhoods, we've got opportunities for that. If you want to be here and pet kittens, we've got opportunities for that. So there's a huge variety of, of ways that we can uh, help you to, to connect to animals and to our mission. And so do you guys offer a fostering program? Oh, yes. Foster. Fosters save lives. Um, I think a lot of times people don't recognize how critical fostering is to our work. Fostering does several things. One is it gets an animal out of the shelter environment. And as good as we are at treating animals here in the shelter, this is not an ideal environment for any animal. It gets an animal out of the shelter and into a home, number one. Number two, if an animal has an illness uh, or a situation where they need respite, it gets the animal into an environment where they can heal faster. Number three, it opens up a space for another animal here in our, in our facility. Fostering is a huge part of what we do. So yes, we have lots of animals who need to get into homes before they find their forever home. And it's about to be kitten season. So we are about to be inundated as we are every year in the spring by Kittens, a lot of those kittens need fostering because they come in underweight, they're too young to, to eat on their own, but they don't have their mommies for one reason or another. And so we have a huge need for kitten volunteers and kitten fosters as well. Smiling ear to ear right now when you said kittens. So I love all animals as well, but I'm very partial to cats. Mm -hmm. I have a rescue cat. I've had her for 18 years now. She's my best friend. Ear to ear thinking about that, but listeners, the fostering program, please do take note of that. So if you can't commit full time to bringing home a four-legged friend forever, a fostering way is a really great way to give back and get your itch to be able to play and be with. It's yeah. also it's also a great way to date before you make a commitment. <laughs> I like that. 
Tracy, I love all of those super fun, unique, creative, different, flexible ways that the listeners can get involved. So where can they find all the information on these unique volunteer opportunities? Well, the easiest way is to go to our website, www.anticruelty.org backslash volunteer. The opportunities will be available there and the process for applying, for getting trained. Our volunteer staff is just, they're incredibly creative and excited and just to be around them gives you energy, but they do really, really good training. They will prepare you for whatever job you're going to have. You will not go into any volunteer opportunity here feeling like, you're not sure what to do or that you're unprepared, but it's all found on our website. Perfect. And is there an age range to volunteer? You can't have unaccompanied minors come in and volunteer, but you can do it as a team with your mom or dad. Yeah, so families, that's a great opportunity to volunteer and be of service with your children as well. So Tracy, we're coming here to the ending remarks of our show. What has been your greatest volunteer moment that you've experienced at the Anti-Cruelty Society? The best one was a woman who I recently went up and said hello to. I wanted, when I see the volunteer um, nameplate, I always go up and thank them and introduce myself. And she said, oh, I'm so sad. And I said, why? She said, well, I'm relocating. I'm leaving town. And I've been doing this every week for 15 years. And I'm going to miss it so much. So it really indicated to me that volunteering for her was a part of her life. And um, I'm sure I said, of course, wherever you go, there's going to be an animal shelter that needs you. So she'll find another place. But it just really brought home to me the importance of our organization in the lives of these volunteers. So it's a win-win situation, right? We need them. But it's really interesting how people need the contact with these animals and to feel like they're helping save their lives. So it's such a great partnership. It's a beautiful balance, harmony, right? Yes, it is. So we covered a lot in our interview uh, this afternoon. Is there anything else that you want to add for the listeners to hear? Yes. Can I can I plug one of our events that's coming up? Please. So Bark in the Park. It is Chicago's most fun animal party. is going to be uh, coming up uh, in May on May 18th at the Soldier Field Green. And you can go to our website and register. And what you really can do that would make a huge difference is not only register and pay the registration fee and come, of course, we want you to be there, but sign up to be a campaigner. It's really, really easy to ask your friends to help save animals. And you can go to the website and it's uh, pretty self-explanatory how you do that. So not only do we want you to come, bring your dog and have a lot of fun, invite other people to participate as well. This should be an exponential joyful event where you know, 10 of your friends can give you $10 a piece to save animals. You've raised 100 bucks, and then you can come to the event and celebrate with us. I like it. I might join that, too. That sounds so fun. Playing <laughs> in the park with puppies for a good cause. Yeah, well, you, you can't beat that. And I, I understand there's going to be beer and food, too. So, you know, everything one possibly needs to have a great uh, afternoon in Chicago. Great opportunity to meet like-minded people, too. That's right. Okay, Tracy. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for all of your knowledge. Thank you for your passion. Thank you for sharing your journey. And most of all, thank you for your service serving our animal community. Well, it's an honor to do it. And thank you for helping us um, get the word out, Amanda. It's great that you do this. Thank you so much. Well, that's a wrap, friends. If you want to find more information how to get involved with Chicago's Anti-Cruelty Society, be sure to visit their website, anticruelty.org. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, let's take care of one another.